We're officially at the All-Star break, and I have this question to ask. Are the Ducks really that bad? Are they perhaps a little bit unlucky as well? Hmm. Something to ponder during the break, huh? Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, and thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And you can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. So we've got a bit to talk about today. Here's how we're going to break this down. I'm going to talk about stats a little bit. I'm going to explain some of those stats and talk to you about why the Ducks have been that bad, but also why they might be a little bit unlucky. I say might. They're not. (laughs) They're that bad. But, you know, there is a little bit of bad luck there as well. But there is an old saying, you create your own luck. Look, the Ducks have not created any good luck. They haven't. And because of their poor play, it's created bad luck. Yeah. Imagine that. So let's look at some of the basics first. The Ducks are not in last place in the National Hockey League. In fact, they're not... I shouldn't say they're not close to last place... There are two teams that are worse than them right now. The Ducks have 37 points in 50 games heading into the All-Star break. The two teams that are worse, two, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who they beat. Oh, boy. Imagine Columbus being worse. What if Columbus somehow winds up with a top pick? And then Chicago gets number two. The Ducks are going to look back on some of those wins. And while they are fun, I mean, not the wins against the Coyotes. You know, I will forever love those wins. Those are always the best wins. But they could look back on some of those other wins where they went, oh, you know what? Maybe we could have, you know, tanked just just a tad. Just a tad. I mean, look, I know that we want to see the Ducks be successful. I know we want to see them in win. I know we don't want to see them just continually suck. I get that. But there comes a point in the season where you have to tell yourself maybe it is time to just fully, a thousand percent embrace the tank. This might be that moment. The Ducks have 32 games left. They have 37 points. They still have seven regulation wins. I don't want to see them have that worst stat in league history. I don't want them to be that historically bad. I really don't. So I want to see the Ducks get at least two more regulation victories. Hopefully one of them against the Coyotes in April. But after that, it'd be nice if they got another regulation win and play spoilers against someone like, oh, I don't know, Vegas. I would love it if the Ducks annihilated Vegas in regulation. That could be fun. You could always beat the LA Kings in regulation. It's always fun. Kings fans enjoy that. You know it would be really fun? Seeing the Ducks take down the Edmonton Oilers in regulation. 
you know, play spoilers against those teams and knock them out of a possible playoff spot. Who else could you knock out? I mean, in the Eastern Conference, who do you want knocked out? I mean, I don't really hate any teams in the East at all. So there's really no point in getting those regulation wins. But as of right now, if the Ducks were to win out, mathematically, they're still in it. They could still get 101 points if they win their last 32 games. Let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. The longest win streaks in NHL history don't come close to 32. It's rare that we even see double-digit winning streaks. So even if the Ducks win 10 in a row, then lose one, then win 10 in a row, then lose another one, they would still get something like 97 points, which may or may not be enough for a playoff spot because on average, wildcard teams hover around the low to mid-90s. So let's be frank, they're not making the playoffs. Tank time is now, folks. Tank time is upon us. Why not? Tis the season for tanking, right? Absolutely. But let's look at some other just kind of not bad stats, but, you know, why else the Ducks may be as bad as they have been. And I've beaten this to a to like a bloody pulp, and I'm just going to bear repeating on this, all right? The Ducks have allowed 40-plus shots in exactly half their games. 25 out of 50 games, they have allowed 40-plus shots, which is by far the most in the NHL. The ne- And I had to look this up. The following two teams, Columbus, Chicago, they've done it a combined 18 times. The Ducks by themselves have done that more times than the following two teams combined, almost the following three teams combined. Because you add... You add Columbus in there, or sorry, not Columbus, you add the Coyotes in there, you add other teams that also have eight, and you match it. But there's a lot that have seven. So pretty much, you could look at the three teams that have allowed 40 plus shots combined, and it would match the Ducks. Yeah, you know that's not good when I start saying the Ducks can do what the following three teams haven't done, right? You know it's bad when they're averaging 39 shots allowed per game. If you add all those 39 shot games, which there's a lot of those too, unfortunately, they've allowed 39 plus shots in 30 of the 50 games. That is 60%, not 16%, 6-0% of their games, they've allowed 39 plus shots, which is what they're averaging allowed. It's it's not good. It, it's just simply not good. The way that they're just allowing shots and allowing slot shots. Every time I see a Ducks game, I always see how many slot shots they allow. And the Ducks are almost always getting annihilated in that statistic. That's a lot of it is they're allowing too many high-danger chances compared to the rest of the league. And in fact, I can even look at this on Nat Statric because they've allowed a lot of high-danger chances, and it's not even close. Well, how bad is it? I'll, I'll tell you 
after the first intermission. So stay locked in. But first, let's talk about FanDuel. Make every moment more. FanDuel has the latest odds for Super Bowl 57. That's right. Who's going to win the big game? Is it going to be the Eagles? Is it going to be the Kansas City Chiefs? Who knows, right? Well, FanDuel has plenty of prop bets for the big game. And we're really excited about this because there's a lot of great prop bets now. So if you download FanDuel, you can bet with a no-sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Everything from the money line, point spreads, coin toss, yep, it's all there. So, join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your first no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Oh, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Bam, Jason JD Hernandez. There's my Twitter at StimpyJD. I don't talk a whole lot about the Ducks on my personal Twitter, mainly because my personal Twitter is my own, and I talk about everything else under the sun. But hey, give it a follow. Why not? Okay, so I mentioned before the break that the Ducks did allow a slew of high-danger chances. Now, I did a little bit of research before coming on the air, and I have, as of right now, 14 tabs open. Sarah Avampato would be proud. But if you think I'm joking that the Ducks have allowed a lot of high danger chances, you'd be right. The Ducks by far, and it's not even close, have allowed the most high danger chances at 855. Sorry, 855. That's how many high danger chances they have allowed. The next highest is 741, the Montreal Canadiens. They have 100 more. No, sorry. 114 more high danger chances than the 31st team. That's a big part of it. They allow teams to get into the slot way too much. That has been their biggest issue for pretty much the entire season and has been even worse since Jamie Drysdale went down. At least when Jamie Drysdale was around for those eight games, at least he used his active stick to keep pucks from getting into that home plate area. Something that Jamie Drysdale was getting better at this season before he went down. Something he was good at during the exhibition season. And when I watched JD during the preseason, I legit thought, oh, that's something that he's improved on from last season. Now that he doesn't have to make up for his defensive partner's mistakes, he can kind of flourish a little bit more and stay true to his post, but also start to really find his game on defense. Something that was kind of missing his rookie season. So there was hope. And that was one aspect of JD's game 
that I didn't talk about a whole lot because it was only eight games at the time. I thought there'd be more of his season. But now that we're at this point, and now that I actually went back and watched clips from those first eight games because I wanted to see defensively how he did, I don't think we talked enough about how important it was that Jamie Drysdale was not the guy. He didn't have to be on that first line. He didn't have to be on a line with a pairing with either Manson or Shattenkirk or something like that. He didn't have to be in that first pairing. He didn't have to have all the focus on him. He could just relax and be like, all right, second line, this is good, still young, still learning. He looked fine. And I have said multiple times that as bad as the Ducks were, they were at least a little bit better and a little bit more competent on defense and offense with Jamie Drysdale in the lineup. I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan. I'm saying this because looking through the like that lens of where he was defensively. He has grown. I hope he continues to grow in that aspect into next season. I know technically he could come back in March. He could come back from the injury. There's no timetable for his return, nor should there be. There shouldn't be any reason for his return unless he is completely a thousand percent healthy And Coach Eakins, or whoever's coaching at that time, wants to get some reps in and wants to see where his game is at the moment. Maybe the other reason to bring him back would be if Dallas Eakins gets fired before the season's up. And whoever the interim coach is could say, huh, let's see what he can do. But really, that's slim chance to none. And slim is pretty much out the building. So there's really no reason to do that. But... It gives me hope for Drysdale for next season. As far as high danger goals allowed, they allowed the most in that regard as well. So I'm not even going to go there. But let's talk a little bit about luck or lack thereof. There's an advanced stat called PDO that I really like. Uh, This is a stat that I sometimes use for goals Thursday. This is a stat that Sean O'Brien likes to use a lot for his Calder Farmstead podcast because he talks about AHL. And he looks at teams that have a good PDO, teams that have a bad one. What PDO is, it is your shot percentage plus your save percentage multiplied by 1,000. League average, naturally, would be 1,000. And there's a couple of teams that are at league average. Vegas Golden Knights and the Coyotes. Would you believe the Coyotes are league average on PDO, which means they're about as bad as we thought they would be? Well, how about other bad teams? Okay, let's look at, I don't know, the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks have a PDO of 987 that's, you know, good enough for 9th slash 10th worst in the league. So they could be a little bit better. The team with the worst PDO is the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks have the league's worst PDO at 977. And normally, when you see a team with that low of a PDO, that means that they're not due to regress. In fact, it is the complete opposite. That means they are due for, you know, some kind of improvement. 
there could also be a bit of bad luck there. Maybe there's some bad puck luck there. Because normally when your PDO is that bad, or if it's that good, it's a regression. Below that, the exact opposite. The Ducks should have a better record. They should have more wins than they actually do. That's kind of one thing that PDO likes to look at is a little bit of puck luck as well, which the Ducks have not had. But as I've said before, you create your own luck. And the Ducks have not done that because I also looked at their shot percentage and the shot percentage is the lowest in the league. The Anaheim Ducks shot percentage is 8.2%. Specific or more precisely, 8.19%. That is well into league worst in that category. Does that mean that they're missing a lot of shots? Are they also unlucky by having a lot of shots hit the post maybe? I'm glad you asked because I actually did look this up. The Ducks actually have the most or not even the most missed shots in the league. The Ducks have missed only 550 shots. Granted, they don't shoot a whole lot, but there are teams that are worse on missed shots. The team with the least amount of missed shots is the Blackhawks at 462. The Ducks are at 550. Okay, what about shots that may have hit the post? I'm glad you asked that too, because I actually went and looked this up. Um, The Ducks have the lowest amount of shots that have hit the post or hit the crossbar. They have hit the post or crossbar a total of 26 times. That is 26 out of 550. So doing a quick little bit of math, they've hit the post or the crossbar on 4% of their missed shots. 4.7% of their missed shots. Most teams are hovering around 6% as of this season. So it's not that there's like bad luck on missing shots off the post or the crossbar. They're just missing shots (laughs) and they're missing them badly too. It would be one thing if they had like the most amount of posts or crossbars in the entire NHL. And I could hear some Ducks fans saying, gee, it feels like the Ducks have hit a lot of shots off the post. It might seem like that because it kind of happens in bunches where the Ducks have two off the iron or three off the iron in one game and then not for a while. But no, trust me, it's the worst. It is the worst in the league as far as that's that or the best no it's the worst you know at least aim for the net if you hit the crossbar or the post whatever so maybe it's not as bad of luck as we thought maybe the ducks really are that bad this season and there's nothing they can do about it so what gives with this bad play why is that we could go coaching we could go player personnel instead of just passing the buck and talking about coaches, I'm going to talk about certain players on the last segment. We'll get to that on the other side. But first, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Now, why did I start taking Athletic Greens? Because I wanted better gut health. I wanted an optimized immune system. And I hate, hate taking vitamins. I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tasted pretty good. 
So I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And it's pretty good. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And I certainly used it a lot up to the New York Marathon, which helped me a lot. It's recommended by me. It's recommended by professional athletes, not amateurs like me. And also trusted by leading health experts like Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So, maybe it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Okay, so the team itself has had some bad luck, but not exactly the worst luck. So now we have to kind of delve and look at the players themselves. Which players have fared the worst? (laughs) Well, folks, let me tell you. You don't need a crystal ball to figure out which players have underperformed this season. John Gibson definitely being one of them, but it is all not completely his fault. According to hockey stack cards, which tracks game scores and game score average, John Gibson is below average. His game score average is negative 0.18, which doesn't sound all that bad, but also considered the worst game average is Elvis Merzlikens, whose average game score is 1.22. Second worst, Cal Peterson with a negative 1.16. And he's mired in Ontario. Not quite in mediocrity, but I happened to be at that game watching Calgary versus Ontario Sunday night and saw kind of some mechanical issues in Cal Peterson's game. And the Kings are paying him $5 million. The LA Kings are paying Cal Peterson $5 million to not quite succeed in Ontario. Yee. So it, it could always be worse, Ducks fans. It could always be way worse. John Gibson in 34 games has a game score total of negative 6.12. Also considered that John Gibson is the 17th worst goalie as far as average game score. But I should also point this out. Of all the players below him on that list, John Gibson has played the second most games. The only goalie that's played more games is Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues, who actually has a worse game score average. When you talk about maybe the Ducks are bad because of John Gibson, no. The Ducks are bad because of other aspects. But you could certainly say that the Blues are where they are because of Jordan Bennington. That You can actually say with a little bit of conviction, folks. You really can. Uh, Same with Vancouver. Between Spencer Martin and Thatcher Demko, 
Each of them has a game score average of negative 0.8. Yeah, that's why Vancouver's bad. Goaltending. It's really bad, folks. <laughs> but what about the players themselves? Which players are among the worst in the league? Well, I hate to say this, but there is one player that's actually the worst in the almost entire league as far as game score average, like the lowest. And folks, I hate to break it to you, but the Ducks are pretty much on that list a lot. Cam Fowler is on that list pretty high. Um, There is one player that's the worst, little worse than Simon Benoit, Ian Mitchell of the Blackhawks, but only 16 games, small sample size. So in fact, I'm going to say sample size of, let's go 25 games. If you've played half the games of all skaters in the NHL that have played 25 games or more, the Anaheim Ducks have five players in the bottom 10 folks. I'm not making this up. Five in the bottom 10. Simon Benoit, John Klingberg, Dmitry Kulikov, Brett Leeson, and Sam Carrick all have the worst game score averages in the league, right up there with Jack Johnson. Yes, that Jack Johnson. Eric Goodbranson. Yes, him. Joel Edmondson, Tim Burney, Josh Brown. That's literally the bottom 10 list. Benoit is the only player with a game score average below one, below negative one, rather. Ooh, when you get below negative one, that's pretty bad. But it's not all Benoit's fault. It really isn't. He's just put in a tough situation. He's an exceptional player in the AHL. He was probably, probably one of the best players in San Diego's roster last season. He was kind of forced into action because of all the trades the Ducks made last year, specifically Lindholm and Manson being traded to Boston and Colorado, respectively. So you have a guy like Benoit have to be the next man up and jump into it. Well, he kind of got jumped into a buzzsaw there, but Benoit is really trying, folks. He really is. But when you have other defensemen that you have to make up for, it doesn't help. And those defensemen aren't all that better either. Especially when you consider John Klingberg, third worst on that list. Dmitry Kulikov, fourth worst on that list. The Ducks just have no defense. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. No defensive defense because number 12 worst on that list is Cam Fowler. Number 14 worst is Kevin Shattenkirk who has definitely received their fair share of criticism from the press, the media, like pretty much everyone. All of those guys have gotten their fair share of criticism this season. That's what I really point to as having been the downfall of the Ducks has been the lack of defense. I talked about it with the slot shots. I talked about it with individual players. That's probably the biggest reason why the Ducks are as bad as they are. It's not bad luck on defense. It's just how bad they are playing team defense. Allowing guys to waltz into the zone, allowing opponents to waltz into the home plate area. They've got to play better team defense. 
that's a big component of what makes not only a great hockey team, a championship hockey team. So when I think about reasons that the that Ducks are bad, that's probably the biggest one this season. So, yeah. As far as, in conclusion, where the Ducks are at this All-Star break, it is time to embrace the tank. Maybe think about switching around defense as much as possible. Throw crap on the wall. See what sticks. There has to be some kind of change. It's got to start with free agency, trades. Pick up at least some defensive defensemen. Maybe improve in that area. Help out your goaltending. Free agency over the summer. And definitely, and I'm going to just conclude with this. New coach. New head coach. Dallas Eakins has been there for three and a half seasons. It just has not been working out. It is time for a fresh change. All right. That's a look at where the Ducks are at during the All-Star break. We'll be back tomorrow with a little bit more, you know, as far as the Ducks during the All-Star break. And then we have Goals Thursday. Going to have a lot to talk about on Goals Thursday. And then All-Star break. So we'll have a lot to talk about there too. In the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, YouTube, among others. You could follow me at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And I would like to conclude with a slight apology here because I don't check my emails all too often. But I did happen to check it Monday night. So I'm going to give this viewer email out there because he said, like, please feature this in your next podcast. So I'm going to. So AJ Flores, this is a direct shout out to you. Hey, Jason, I listen to your podcast every day. I love it, especially when you talk trash about Phoenix. (laughs) They suck. Please feature this email in your next podcast. So AJ, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I talk a little bit of trash, but it's deserved. (laughs) So once again, if you want to drop me a line, I will try to feature it during the podcast. So the email, once again, is LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. <laughs> I love that email. Love it. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another, except Cowboys fans, and Ducks fly together. <laughs>